0: Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode.
1: hi hi how are you good how are you i'm here i'm alive i say <laughs> a lot
0: yep that's all we can ask for some days are you ready to talk about our book for today i am ready okay so today we are listening but what am i talking about oh my god <laughs> we're off to Edit. a great start <laughs> Edit. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about Bad Guy by Ruby Dixon. I am beside myself. I am so excited. I love Ruby Dixon. I think it's just giving me like imposter syndrome and anxiety to have to talk about this book. Because uh, how am I going to do this book justice? Because she's such a queen at writing.
1: She absolutely is. And she has kind of ruined me for a lot of other authors or book reading in general because her books have it all but I digress go ahead.
0: She sets the bar very high so then you can't help but use her in comparison to other authors that you end up reading.
1: I agree 100% I love her.
0: Bad Guy is a sci-fi romance and it is a first person dual point of view story. We have only a couple of characters at the beginning of this book. It's very um, small. You'll understand what I'm talking about when I get there. Kroldin the Ruiner, a girl named Mina, and then two horrible people. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is Lord Sir, and the other one is the scientist. I don't think he ever has a name in this story other than the scientist.
1: I Yeah, I don't think he does either. So the
0: story starts with curldon waking up in a cell, kind of like a prison cell, and he's got little to no memories. The memories he does have are all kind of based around fighting. Things like the rules of fighting, different techniques of ripping (laughs) various alien creatures' throats out. Things of that nature. But anything personal, he just has no memory of. So we find out that he is the property of Lord Sir. And Lord Sir often refers to him as an investment. Lord Sir runs a gladiator-style training facility. And so Kralden is a gladiator uh, Lord Sir owns and is trying to train to be in some of these underground and illegal fighting rings so that Krolden can win Lord Sir a lot of money. Because that's
1: what life's all about apparently throughout the universe is money.
0: Yes it's intergalactic. Yes, Money is the root of all evil no matter what what planet you're on. Correct. The scientist is helping Lord Sir uh, monitor Krolden and kind of get him into fighting shape and motivate him to train and do his best.
1: Yes and unfortunately Unfortunately, Croton doesn't want to have anything to do with them. He just lays on his cot with his back to this... The whole wall is glass, apparently. Because he has gotten such a reputation for being a bloodthirsty killer, they have cuffs on him that will shoot him through with electrical charge to um, try to control him like a shock collar
0: shock collars around the neck and cuffs on the arms and stun guns are the preferred method of motivation for everybody at this gladiator facility
1: well it would work for me i'd be scared to death but okay
0: (laughs) okay After a little while, you know, Crolden is very angry and constantly pissed off. So he destroys his prison cell at one point. So then they send in somebody to clean his cell. And Crolden describes this person as a quote unquote ugly human slave. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yes. It He's, was pretty funny. He's constantly was, calling her ugly. Right.
1: And he says it's female, she's ugly, and whatever this ugly female is, she's not scared of me. Stubborn, ugly female she should be afraid of me i'm a bad guy
0: yeah and then he says now i'm going to have to make a mess again just so she'll come back i need to breathe her scent in again i need to see that indignant glare on her sharp little face with the black (laughs) brows she has no idea who i am does she no
1: but he does find out her name though her name is mina
0: pretty funny that he is instantly intrigued by her because She is the one person, he's very motivated by sense, so she is the first person to interact with him that's not covered in this fear scent, and he really likes that. Even though she's hideous to look at, he's still intrigued by her.
1: Is she hideous to look at, or does she just look like a human? I don't <laughs>
0: I, don't know. I think she just looks like a human, but to him, she's hideous. I mean, he's not uh, much to look at himself. So Mina describes him as... I want to say something about Mina before I talk about how Crolden uh, is described by her. Okay. So Mina is referred to by Lord Sir as a gift repeatedly. Lord Sir talks about Kraldin being an investment and Lord Sir talks about Mina being a gift. So she was a human given to him as like a pet, a gift by a very influential person. So he's very protective of her, but only because he does not want anything to happen to her and insult the gift giver. He doesn't care about Mina herself. Sure. He cares about his standing with this gift giving person person who we never actually see
1: in this story she describes the planet a little bit it's called is it vitars it's like a jungle planet so it's super hot and human and it's covered in bugs
0: yeah their planet is not described as being one of a luxury planet it's like a hot tropical nightmare yeah for many
1: reasons they call him a splice which sounds like it's a bunch it, it's a bunch of different parts put together and dna put together to make him really a badass glad fighter so he's kind of like
0: a Frankenstein Mina refers to him as the turducken of gladiators
1: yes <laughs> she's she's trying to fly under the radar there so she's trying to keep a very low profile and this guy destroying his cell and demanding that she come clean it is making her more of a visible target to Lord Sir and the scientists there are
0: she describes him as having vertical pupils like a cat's. he's got two short horns curving from his brow mouth that hangs open because he's got tusks so he can't close his lips all the way he's got hair like a lion's mane he's got a strange purplish gray uh, skin tone to him His hands have claws on them. Uh, He's got three fingers and a thumb. And of course, she says he's wearing pants that barely seem to fit his bulging with muscle body. He's built thicker and stronger than anything I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of weird shit pass through this place. So of course, even this spliced alien (laughs) turducken is the biggest and hottest muscle built thing she's ever seen. And he's seven and a half
1: feet tall, at
0: least. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, I'm sure I read that. And I don't remember that part. Mina cleans his cell. They both kind of do this up and down glance at each other. And then he destroys his cell again, because he's trying to get her back in. But the person they send in to clean his cell the next time is a different slave. And this just infuriates Kroldin.
1: The person that comes in is an oolie, but they kind of look like frogs and their skin is coated in this stinky slime that he can't deal with the smell of.
0: So Lord Sir and the scientist hatch a plan to give him something to motivate him to cooperate in the training, and they're trying to brainstorm what can we give him because nothing's working. Turns out all he wants is Mina. She ends up bringing him his next meal, and she stays in the cell with him while he eats it.
1: Right, and he's trying to be as non-threatening as possible so that she is not scared of him. And he he tells her, you know, she sounds bitter when she's talking to him, and who can blame? her and he says i i want you in here with me and she says to him oh a slave for a slave and then she just flat out asks him are you gonna kill me and he's like why does everybody keep asking me that (laughs) and he tells her if i wanted to kill you you would be dead already so then she's worried that he's gonna rape her and then he has to ask himself i don't know am i and and then he thinks no he doesn't want to rape her he doesn't want to hurt her and he doesn't want to scare her and he wants her to come visit him. It's
0: very sweet. Even though on the outside, from the outsider's perspective, Krolden is a horrible, hideous monster.
1: Who has a reputation for just being brutal in the arena.
0: All of Krolden's internal thoughts and feelings are the opposite of what these people know and think of him.
1: hmm Yes. He tells her, I like you because you're not afraid of me. Everybody's always afraid. And it makes me wonder what kind of monster I am. And she actually says to him, you're not a monster. Just like I'm not a sex toy. (laughs) We're just people. Fucked up and fucked over people. She says, don't make me feel sorry for you. I'd rather hate you. It's easier for her to hate him.
0: She's been in survival mode for years. I think she's been a slave to Lord Sir for three years at this point. Yes.
1: Tells her I just want you as for companionship. But he te- he knows himself that he wants more than that. He wants to touch her. He wants to make her smile. Her scent all over him. He needs to learn how to get these things, he's thinking.
0: He refers to himself at one point as a bad guy because he wants more than just friendship with her and he feels bad about that because he he is kind of a friends to lovers story
1: right and since he is so uncooperative and he won't eat or anything the scientist is trying to figure out with lord sir how to motivate him so they realize he likes this woman and he they said what do you want do you want more food do you want better food And he ends up telling them, I want the female. He goes on a hunger strike.
0: Because of his hunger strike, they reluctantly give Mina to him. And so she now is living in his jail cell with him. (laughs) (laughs) And the only time she is allowed to leave the jail cell is when she can go to the kitchens to get food for them to bring back. Apparently
1: the gladiators get the best kind of food because they want them super healthy and strong. And the slaves are eating this concocted gruel. So she brings him food and he's got this great dinner and she's got this bowl of gruel. And he looks at it and he says to her, I don't like that. That insults me. He wants to feed her and give her his food, but she's afraid. She's terrified to do anything wrong because you can get killed for any reason. He starts to feed her and she reluctantly takes some of it and realizes how delicious it is. And it makes her nervous, but he genuinely seems to just want to talk. So she just keeps talking and keeps him, she says, entertained so it'll keep her alive. And she'll do whatever, she keeps saying a couple of times in the book, I'll do whatever it takes, um, just so I can survive.
0: He's very sweet and protective of her. And I love that we get to see this side of him where he wants to make her comfortable, try to have her smile, have her laugh, feed her because yeah, her food is disgusting. It's, I think she calls it sludge. I just picture some disgusting really bland, gross oatmeal type Yes,
1: and she's very hungry. He tells her, don't worry, I'm going to make sure that I get enough food for the both of us.
0: So they share a a lot of the story is meals between them, conversations that they have at bedtime, because of, of course there's only one bed in there and there's only one blanket. And Lord Sir and the scientists are trying to make Curlden as happy as possible. So they keep lowering the temperature in the cell at night to push Mina and Croldon into this uh, forced proximity bedtime snuggle situation mm-hmm. in the hopes that if they start progressing in their romantic relationship, he'll get happier and happier. And the happier he is, the more he'll fight. And that's all they really care about.
1: Right. Exactly. And she's freezing and she says to him, I hate everyone and everything. And she lies back on the bed and he, he gives her the blanket to make her, make her feel warm and protected. And even though he gives her the blanket, she's still freezing. So she finally just says, fuck it. You're warm and I'm going to snuggle up against you and don't you try anything or your balls are going to suffer
0: the author has such a great way of getting you to learn about the characters and the characters are so wonderful that each thing was really nice to read about. And it kind of builds on this slow burn developing relationship that they have. That's really natural in this unnatural situation. So they come to an agreement eventually that when Mina decides or when Mina is able to escape the facility they will do it together and she will only escape if she can take him with her. And he is just blown away by this. Nobody has ever treated him with kindness. He talks about how nobody has touched him with kindness. It's just really sad for both of them. And my heart really broke for both of them in between all of these meals and the bedtime routines that they're having they start showing us scenes where he, Kralden is going to the fighting pits and Mina is allowed to go with him to the fighting pits because she's his pet now, basically. And Lord sir. And the scientist want Mina there while Kralden is training as a motivation for Kralden to do better. And Kralden does not want to have distance between them. Right. And
1: when they get to the pit and the scientist who's a real asshole, you know, says, I I just want to remind you that if you run or act out, we're going to kill the female and her life depends on your good behavior. And I trust you understand that. So Mina is can't even breathe at this point because this guy has a reputation for being uncontrollable, irrational, attacking people, ripping them apart. And she's like, my, my life and my safety now depend on him. It's terrifying.
0: She's terrified to be, bound with Krolden, and now her fate depends on him. But it's also terrifying because the scientist is so cruel.
1: So he starts fighting in the arena and the scientist keeps checking his, his data pad. And he ends up realizing that he's not performing at peak performance level that he has performed at in the past. So they're all trying to figure out why is this and what can they do? Does he need more training? Like he goes through this grueling training. I mean, the one thing about Ruby Dixon, well, like when she's first describing this guy, I was like, oh god, this is this is guy is really unattractive, and who would be attracted to him? But she has a way of endearing these people to you, and as you're going along in the book, he becomes more attractive and more approachable. Something that you would never think of in a million years becomes attractive to you. And I love that about her. Her character building is amazing. And her description of what Mina's going through and what he's going through, you feel like you're right there. You feel like you've got a slave collar on and that you could be killed at any second. And I was at times holding my breath, going to God, please just let them get through this training exercise and back into their cell.
0: I was so wrapped up and emotionally invested in these characters while I was reading this book. It's not even funny.
1: I 100%, I'm like, I've got to hurry up and finish this book and make sure they're okay or see what happens to them.
0: Exactly. Uh-huh. Oh, no, she's not worried about roughing up her characters a little bit at all which I love that about her. She just puts them through the ringer and us too. Right. And so
1: Mia is scared because the scientist is worried that he's not performing at 100%. She says, "Well, you've been drugging him for weeks. You got to and keeping him in a cell, you haven't let him exercise. You need to let the drugs get out of his system and let him exercise and build up to his the strength that you're looking for."
0: She's great at troubleshooting ways to help him with the whole lord sir and scientist situation so are you at the part that um is the hand job in the shower no but go ahead, okay. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> i'm just gonna jump ahead, go ahead a little so after they slowly start adding things into the daytime routine so they have the meals together they have the bedtime together they have the fight Um, pit training sessions together and then after a little while they end up having shower time together after he's trained and I really don't have notes on this scene other than it was a wonderful hand job scene in the shower (laughs) and (laughs) <laughs> Golden was really happy that Mina finally gave into temptation. Yes,
1: because he wants to touch her so badly, but he tells her, you're my only friend. I've never had a friend. I don't want to do anything to ruin that. And she's actually starting to have feelings for him or in finding him attractive. Um, but she doesn't want to, t- she doesn't want to tell him, obviously. Oh, and he's worried. I absolutely love it. He's worried that his dick is so big and she's so small. He's going to hurt her. Of, of course. course, they're always worried about yes. this.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> she is pulled away at one point to have a conversation with Lord Sir, mm-hmm. and Lord Sir tells her that she needs to be spying on Crolden, figuring out his weaknesses and what would motivate him to do better, because Lord Sir has Crolden scheduled for a big fight right. coming up soon. An underground fight, and he. Of course, underground and illegal fight and he wants to know if Crolden is going to be good enough for the fight or bad for the fight. He wants to know should I place my bet on Crolden oh, to win such a or on Crolden to lose. Yeah. It's horrible and he says if Crolden dies, if he loses in the fight, he'll die. And she gets really upset by this entire conversation because she is catching feelings for Crolden And she's really worried about his safety. And not just because his safety is going to directly affect her safety, but also she because she him. really is starting to care for him. Oh, can,
1: can we go back to the shower scene for one second? Because there's something in there that I just—I laughed out loud and I freaking loved it. When, she, when she's sure. done getting him off she says do you mind if i take a quick wash too and he thinks to himself "Mind? she could shove a knife between my ribs right now and i would not mind <laughs> i just i love that
0: <laughs> yeah of course he's like i don't care what you do at this point you just gave me a handy in the right. shower do whatever so you want do whatever right do we want to cover the hot cell scene that they oh had? yeah definitely Okay, so when she returns from the whole Lord Sir situation, she's upset and Kralden is very like did somebody hurt you? What happened while you were away from me? How can I make you feel better? And well, who would have thunk it? He can make her feel better by eating her out and
1: it Mm -hmm. worked! Multiple times. (laughs) It works multiple times.
0: Yeah, if all else fails, just do that. Oh, and the other thing I thought was so sweet
1: is that she knows they're constantly being watched. So they have absolutely no privacy. She she takes a blanket and she covers them with the blanket so that at least they have that together and these people can't see what they're doing.
0: It's really sad because she wants to have some privacy with him and kind of develop this relationship with him, but they're in this sort of Big Brother TV show situation. Oh, God, yeah. Where she's just like everyone's watching this and I want to have something that's just for the two of us because they have nothing to themselves. It's terrible. Yes. So, on another training day for Crowlden, she's taken away yet again. And I think she goes to the scientist's office this time. And the scientist gives her what I pictured as like an iPad or some sort of tablet with a bunch of videos of Crowlden from his tip top fighting scene days. So she can watch these videos, figure out about the fighting, and figure out why is he not performing at that capacity now like he was before. The videos are disgusting. Yes, they're
1: so graphic and horrible that she cannot even recognize him in watching him. He's incredibly cruel and mean and sadistic.
0: She's horrified, and I was horrified also. It's just really disgusting. And she gets so freaked out that I think she returns to their cell together and she ends up throwing up in their bathroom. And when he comes back, he's he's like surprised because she's now she has the fear scent, which she hasn't had with him. He can smell the vomit. He's like
1: what they do to you. Yeah, what he thinks they did something to her. Yeah, what happened to
0: you? Why are you freaking out so much? So she ends up telling him. I liked this about their relationship that they're very honest with each other and they don't play my you know, they don't have time what just... do they
1: gotta lose they better be honest
0: exactly so she just comes right out and tells him i saw these videos you were a horrible person and i trusted you and you're a monster and he just gets really upset with that because she has never referred to him as a monster before he refers to himself as a monster But she's never done that before. So their relationship from that point forward is very tense.
1: I know it was so sad because I'm like, now they're even going to take this away
0: from him. It was terrible, all of the videos. And their relationship is so tense because she is so freaked out that the next time she goes to the kitchen. Oh, this just broke my heart. The next time she goes to the kitchens to get their food, she gets his normal food and she ends up getting her slave sludge. Oh, I know again so when she comes back and she puts the tray down and he sees that he's got his food and she's got her old food that represents a divide in their relationship and it like breaks his heart because there's so much distance between them now and he doesn't know how to fix it right
1: exactly oh and she can't reconcile what she saw in those vids and the man that has been nothing but kind and loving and she, it's a huge loss for her. And she says, this is why I never wanted to get close to anybody. I have friends or kept to myself because I've already lost so much.
0: Eventually, the shock and disgust wears off enough for her to give the videos another go. She's like, I, I still don't, I can't figure it out. I can't put this person Ugh. in the video and this person I know personally and have them be the same person. It's not lining up mm-hmm. for me. So she, she goes back to the scientist. She watches more videos, yes. different videos, horrible graphic videos again. But in those videos that she's now watching, she realizes that the Krolden in the video was permanently disfigured in one of the fights. And she thinks, the Krolden I know doesn't have these disfigurements, was missing a finger. A
1: shaky finger, and yeah.
0: So she comes to the realization that the Crolden in the video and the Kroldin in the cell are, in fact, not the same person, and that the Kroldin that she knows must be a clone, yes. an illegal clone. So she's like, oh, thank God. The Kroldin that's here with me is not the Kroldin in the video. Right, because... Is not
1: the universal law is if you it's okay to clone, but if you make a clone, the clone has to have red skin so that the clone is easily identified as a clone, and he does not have red skin. So she's overjoyed,
0: she's very happy and thinking this is my chance to save him from having to fight in these tournaments because. So not that she thinks that he's going to lose horribly, but it's not the same person. So she goes to the scientist and tells him, look at this video. This is not the same Krolden. You guys must have purchased or been given an illegal clone. So you can't have him fight in the tournament. So she goes back to her cell and she's kind of like, okay, like I did something Ugh. good. I kind of yes. saved him a little. It was, oh God, it was so it terrible. Was and terrible. Then, so she's in the cell for a while and she's like, Okay, where's Crollden? Why is he not done with his training yet? What's going on? Like, he should have been done in his training day by now. And in comes Crollden, and he's being carried by a couple of guards. Yeah. And the scientist and Lord Sir end up maiming him and scarring him and disfiguring him so that he matched the video version and it
1: was so heartbreaking. Yeah. And in addition, he thinks he's going in for because they're pumping him full of vitamin shots and enhancing shots to keep him strong. He thinks it's just another, another time that they're going to give him these shots. And he goes into the medical facility and they knock him out and they end up taking his finger off, or I don't think they even knock him out because he feels the pain and they're rubbing salt or some chemical in the cuts that they put on him on his shoulder so that all of his scars match the scar in the video. And it is, I was absolutely horrified when I read this part of the book.
0: It's terrible because you go from the high that Mina was having and the joy that she was feeling and then you instantly are hit with the low
1: heartbreaking and Mina when she sees him is absolutely starts to go out of her mind she cannot believe that this is what they're doing so they're going to fight him she realizes oh they're going to fight him anyway they mutilated him so that he matches the clone in the video and she feels horribly guilty because she feels like if she hadn't said anything They would not have done this to him and she feels like it's it's absolutely her fault and just immediately starts sobbing
0: but as we all know the show must go on in the gladiator fighting world so lord sir and the scientists give him a little bit of time to recover but not long passes and he has to go back to training and fighting and getting in tip-top shape for this big fight that they have scheduled right
1: And this is when he's in the middle of training and he looks over and he sees by one of the buildings, a mezcal. He sees a male and a female and it looks like they're trying to, he can't see the guy's face, but the female that's with him is a human. He ends up creating a gigantic diversion So that he can help them escape because he feels like if they can escape, it's hope for him and Nina that they too are really going to be able to escape and get away from this horrible place. So it's not until they get back, he gets back to the cell that he ends up telling her that he saw these people trying to escape.
0: Okay, but let's not forget how she is able to get this confession out of him. (laughs) So they were separated because of the punishment for him acting out and creating this horrible diversion. So when they he finally comes back to the room, she wants to go off on him. So she puts them both in the bed and she puts that towel over them because she's hoping that while they're having sexy times under the towel, they're not necessarily listening in on everything. Right. So she talks to him and gets him to confess by giving him a blowjob <laughs> and asking him <laughs> questions while she does it. And he, of course, can barely form coherent right. thoughts. He's a virgin. So he's never done any of these things before. Right. So he's just very like I just want to focus on this and she's like tell me what you why, did. Why did, why you, do did that? you do that? He, she finishes his blowjob but she's not done talking to him. So then she like climbs up on him and she starts like dry humping him so that she can have an orgasm too and they can finish their conversation. Mm-hmm. It was a great use of sexy time driven confession. Yes.
1: After Mina gets back in the cell uh, with Krulden, she tells him, if you get an opportunity to escape, you need to go. And he like freaks out and says, No, I'm not I'm not gonna go anywhere without you and I loved it because she grabs a handful of his chest hair and pulls and is frowning at him and she says, Promise me, he says, I go to we go together or we don't go at all. She says to him, Well, you can't escape if you're dead. Tells him your my life is not in danger like yours is and it's more important to me that you get away.
0: She's miserable in her situation, but she's not gonna suffer anything other than misery. Whereas he's might actually die, which is a terrifying yeah. thought for her. Of course. Yes, of
1: course. It's two weeks later. And I have that. She's sitting on the bed while he's getting fitted for his arena costume. Um, and he's kind of growling because it's one of those only creatures that he doesn't like the smell of. And she tells him, be, be nice. The, the woman is terrified. So they're fitting him for a leather kilt. Then she is. I thought taken off to a seamstress to get fixed up for this dress because visitors are coming.
0: I think dress is being very generous (laughs) here, but you're correct.
1: (laughs) Okay. uh, Some, some gossamer fabric. It's, literally
0: see-through she puts it on and then she's like if curledon sees me wearing this he's gonna lose his ever-loving mind because yeah it's it's fabric but what's the point she might as well be nude it's completely sheer and see-through
1: right and the reason lord sir is putting her in this outfit is because important people are coming to visit him one is named lord Varine and he is married to a human called Millie and Lord Sir does not like humans. He's disgusted that this guy would lower himself to marry a human. He feels like he needs to dress up Mina so that she's ready to be shown off that he has a human and he supposedly treats all of his people so well.
0: He cannot believe that Lord Varine would debase himself by taking his pet And marrying it. Yeah. He thinks it's disgusting. Yes. That this is not Lord Varen's wife. It's actually his mate, which is a contentious point between the two lords when they interact later in the book. Oh
1: my God. Lord Sir is such a dick.
0: So Lord Sir says keeping a human is common, but marrying one might as well marry an avian or a feline he's really just can't believe that this guy just married his pet like that it's like you might as well marry a
1: goldfish there's nothing there says it right in front of nina because he just doesn't give a crap about anybody that is his slave he talks in front of
0: her constantly because she might as well not exist and he's putting this fancy dress on her so that if word gets out that he has his human that was this fancy gift that he received he wants it to seem like he's taking care of her it's basically like let me polish the silver
1: before the company comes. (laughs) Right, exactly. To him, polishing the silver means putting her in this see-through dress that she's terrified that Cruelden's going to see her in because he doesn't want anybody looking at her but him. Of course. Yeah, she belongs to him now. They go walking out. She's trying to figure out a way to get out to greet these people with Lord Sir without Curled in, seeing her but she goes she there is no way she has to go walking right by the arena where he's practicing she says let me let me talk to him because the instant he sees her in this thing he loses his shit growling and goes walking towards her he made her promise at one point that if anybody was harming her or assaulting her or doing anything to her, he would behave, but she needed to promise that she would tell him if anything was happening because he wouldn't stand for it. And he, he said, if something, if they do anything to you that is against what you want, I'm going to... L- Tear them apart. So he's checking in with her to see what what is happening. Why are you in that? So she has to stay as cool and calm as possible to keep him calm because she doesn't want anything happening to him. And tells him it's fine. It's no big deal. He's just dressing me up because we're going to meet these important people it's okay, go back to the arena, and I will connect with you later.
0: He does a very hot, oh, girl. Mm-hmm. I think he yells her name across the arena. The whole thing was just super hot, and of course he's like, why are you tarted up like this? Yeah. Tart- oh my god, I sound uh- like I'm 700 years old right now. <laughs> <laughs> i liked that interaction and yeah i love him
1: i do too okay so then what happens
0: so lord sir's whole plan is i'm gonna have my human pet play with lord varin's human Uh, wife yeah because humans are such a novelty to these aliens and they're so rare let your human slave play with my wife yeah, that's what Lord Sir is thinking. That's not what Lord Varin
1: yes. actually said, I don't think.
0: Anyway, so Lord Sir instructs Mina to brand the wife, Millie, since they are both humans. He also
1: wants her to find out why are they really there? He's like very concerned. It's like, they're here for a reason. I need to know what it is. You need to pump her for information.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, he wants her to do a little more spying. She's already spying on Curled In for him. Sure, she's busy. She Yeah, so now he says okay, you're a human, you're going to spend time with the human wife, figure out what their random trip here is for. When Lord Varin and Millie show up, the group of them kind of does this tour around the training facility. And they talk about, you know, all sorts of random stuff about having the gladiators that are going to train and how they run the facility and this is my jungle and how hot it is and how different. And So Millie is pregnant. So after a while, after all this walking they've been doing for hours, I think Mina says, Millie requests to go back to her room so that she can like rest and lay down.
1: Well, you forgot to mention that uh cruel is nowhere to be found in the stable of gladiators that he's showing this other lord that's right so they
0: went i think they went from cell to cell and looked at all the gladiators in his roster of fighters and you're right cruel was nowhere to be seen so this kind of is freaking mina out she's like Mm -hmm. he's the biggest and baddest gladiator you have like where did he go why are you hiding him right millie returns back to her rooms mina shows her where they are
1: This was great.
0: And then Mina stays with Millie while Millie is kind of resting.
1: Millie comes across like a stupid airhead. You know, the Lord thinks she's stupid.
0: Millie's playing up the ditzy. Well, we don't realize it's an act at this point, but Millie is very ditzy and aloof and like, oh, it's so hot. And I don't know, like, oh, these big sweaty guys, I don't really care yeah she's just kind of there right yeah she's like i'm pregnant i think she's pregnant with their third kid yes so she's like i need to rest and of course lord varin is like my mate needs to rest so take her away and let her rest it's almost immediately when mina and millie get into the chambers that millie drops this facade And get jumps on me and instantly. Uh, how is he treating you? Can we get you out of here? Mm-hmm. My husband and I like to visit facilities like this because we basically run a. I don't remember the correct term, but she says they run what is essentially a slave rescue operation, like an right. inter
1: at a rehab area.
0: Yeah, she's like, we take all the slaves like this and we get them out of these facilities, bring them to our home planet and we're trying to make a better world for some people. And she's like, you know, I'm a human. So my husband, my mate helps me and, you know, basically indulges me when it comes to my passion project. They're humanitarians basically and philanthropists.
1: I love them and I love Millie and I, I love her husband because they're both in on this this ruse to find out what's the lowdown really here.
0: I really like them too. And I'm because Ruby Dixon has such a vast world of books that are connected within each other. I would not be surprised if Millie and her husband had a book that already existed in this huge world that she has created because a lot of the aliens that we've seen so far seem kind of Mm -hmm. similar to ones that she has in other books. Like there's the, big blue aliens that have three fingers there was the creepy orange aliens I'll point out another time later on when something happens that makes me think that uh Millie and Lord Varon might be part of a different book series in the Ruby Dixon
1: world yeah because when I read about that creepy orange guy I was like oh my god it's the creepy gigantic headed orange people from my the Ice Planet books oh
0: and they're the baddest of the bad yes they are mina is very reluctant to open up to millie because yeah she's already been burned before when it came to the whole the video curled in does not match my curled in situation right she she's very conflicted and she has to make a very quick snap decision do i trust millie or do i not trust millie like i can only be in here with her alone for Maybe an hour, if even. Like my time here with her is limited. Do I jump on this opportunity and actually tell her the truth that our situation is terrible and we need to get out of there?
1: Right, because re- they realize, or she realizes, that once the last guy escaped with his mate, that security's gotten a lot tighter, and it's going to be nearly impossible for them to escape. So th- she needs help.
0: She needs help, but at the same time, this opportunity seems a little too good to be true. Right. Yes. But she's getting to the point where she's so desperate to get out of there. The fight is approaching. The Mm -hmm. security at the facility has ramped up. What can she do? And she just takes a leap of faith with Millie. And she tells her, get Crollden out of here. Like, I don't think she even speaks about herself at all in this She tells them her
1: everything. She tells her right off the bat that he's an illegal clone. Please get him out of here. And Millie realizes that Mina's in love with him.
0: It's so sweet, but also heartbreaking because yes. she's really desperate to save him. Asking for them to save her as well, even crosses her mind. She's really just desperately hoping that they can get in out of there and save him before this fight happens because she doesn't think he's going to make it. It's so uh, heartbreaking.
1: The thing we forgot to mention that just epitomizes how awful this Lord Sir is, is he doesn't even know Mina's name. He calls her Rina. He introduces her to Millie <laughs> as Rina. So that's right. He, when they get up to the room, she, she says to her, so he pushed you on to me, did he, Rena? Is it one of those all humans know each other's scenarios? And that's when is really surprised, and she, she corrects her and says, actually, it's Nina. She said, I was going to ask you if you were fond of each other, but I guess that's my answer. <laughs> Yeah, that was a great
0: little laugh I had. And it was funny because this is how defeated Mina is. Yeah. Her, her very next thought is, I guess I'm Marina now. Yes. She doesn't even, obviously she doesn't correct him, but she's just like, okay, I guess this is my life now. Right, exactly. So sad. Yes.
1: She tells him everything about the two of them and what has happened and that he's a clone and he's illegal and that the Lord Sir is trying to hide it. And he's going to shove him into these games whether he's ready or not. And he's going to bet either for him or against him depending on how good he's doing. When Millie says to her, you care about him. And he Mina says, I love him. He's not like the cruelty in the bids. He's different. And he fights because they make him. And then Millie's like, well, tell me everything, girl. And she spills her guts. And then Millie sends her... She says, go back and find my husband and tell him I'm not feeling good. And that I, so that Millie can talk to him in private. Mina starts heading towards Irina and she's sick to her stomach and she's terrified what's going to happen. And she goes up and just, you know, sits at his feet at Lord Sir's feet, because that's what a submissive does. It's and, so gross. Yeah. And he finally touches her head like she's a freaking dog and says, uh, what do you want? She says that well, Lady Varenne is feeling ill and she's going to take a nap, but she wants to talk to her husband first. And he, her husband immediately says, you've got to forgive me, i got to go. It's, this newest pregnancy is hard on her. And I, I'm thinking this is a little code thing that they've worked out between uh, the two of them, that... Get them to spill the guts to you, and then you have them come get me so I can get you to tell me what you found out.
0: They have a very well oiled routine that I feel like they do, yes, and it works beautifully.
1: And and I like that the Lord Varin says to him at one time, Slaves, are all of your staff slaves? How droll to try to make lord sir feel bad
0: it doesn't work because lord sir doesn't care but yes it's they're two very different types of lords and i hate lord sir yes as equal as much as i (laughs) love lord varin yeah he goes i'm gonna
1: go see my wife and uh we'll we should be able to join you for dinner and lord sir is like shocked and says oh you wish to bring your human with you then and Lord Varin says, you mean my mate? Yes. I imagine she'd still like to eat. Yeah. And then Lord serves all over me. You know, What'd you learn? What did you find out? And she's all, that there's no melon on their planet. And she likes our melon. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> she just <laughs> makes a bunch of shit up. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. She thinks it's hot. She likes our fruit. Um, and then we, uh, well, we're girls. So we talked about shoes for the rest yeah. of the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like,
0: let me just pick something completely random and idiotic that this guy will believe. <sighs> okay, so honestly, from here on out, I was very Ugh. emotionally invested and in it and yeah. being destroyed yes! left and right. Yeah.
1: So Oh, God. oh my <laughs> I needed to stop and take a tranquilizer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even This
0: book actually made me cry several times. I'll yeah. just come out and say it. Me too. So earlier in the book when she was, when Lord Sir had told her about how he was going to um, fight and how their fates were tied together right before Kraldin decides to go down on her to make her feel better because uh, Mina is getting so depressed. Yeah. When Mina was so depressed, I was so in it and feeling all of her emotions that I cried. Yeah. So then I had, like, I just cried my eyes out. And then they had this really hot sex scene. And then I'm like, okay, okay, I'm doing a little better. I'm doing a little bit better. You were seeing and then this color. comes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm in, like, the uh, drop of terror at yes! a shitty uh, <laughs> carnival. <laughs> we're
1: like you oh think my God. screws
0: are going to pop out at any minute and you're just going to die because yes. I was so into it. I was like, I think I kind of blacked out a little bit. <laughs> you know, I still was like, I have to know what happens yeah. next. But at the same time, I can't watch because it's just destroying me more and more the more I read.
1: It's one of those books where I can't keep reading this because it's killing me, but I can't stop reading it because I have to know what happens. And in the Ruby Dixon plethora of books that there are out there her Ice Planet uh, Barbarian series, which I love and have read all of them, and the Ice Homes series, they're not that dark. They're not that edge of your seat. Sure, there may be a little bit of a of a scare in there, but it is nothing like this bad guy series where you are, you have to tell yourself, breathe.
0: That's a great point. This is the most high anxiety Ruby Dixon yeah. book I've read to date because I was so invested in the characters and i wanted the best for them so hard yeah i think the next scene is the fancy dinner is yeah. that correct
1: yes so they're all four of them are sitting at this dinner table
0: yeah they they're at the table she still hasn't seen curled and he's still being hidden away and lord Varin.
1: oh wait a minute no he tells her to leave for a couple of hours until dinner okay uh, so because he wants her out of his sight he, he's sick of her he's sick of having to pretend like he gives a shit about her
0: put right? my dog in the kennel i'm done with it for a while
1: yeah so she does go back to the cell block and she sees she has cuffs that she can wave in front of this panel to let her into his cell but she tries to do it and her cuffs don't work oh my god how could you forget this part so she scans it twice Um, And his part was good. (laughs) Yeah. She starts pounding on the keypad and she yells to him, they won't let me come in and see you. He's like, when do you come back? And she's like, I don't know. I miss you. And she can't tell him any of the conversation with Millie because there's no privacy there. She says to him, no matter what happens, you know, play along, okay? Don't attack. There's too much stake." He promises her nothing. Did he touch you? And she said, no. She reassures him that I'm fine. Nobody can touch me but you. That's when she decides, fuck this shit. I am tired of trying to hide my feelings for him. I'm tired." <laughs> Of them trying to separate you because she knows the guards are watching everything she's doing. She hides her skirt up to her waist and he's like, What the hell are you doing? And she's all showing you a little something that's just for you. And then she starts sliding her hands between her legs and starts touching herself. And he's watching her as she's fingering herself, and she's she's standing there very defiantly. And she's like, Why shouldn't we touch? He's not a monster. I want to be with him, and I don't care, basically, who knows it. And the guards at the end of the hall are getting a show and a half. She doesn't care because she just wants to make Krulden happy and prove to him that all she cares about is him. And she ends up dragging her fingers that are full of her own wetness across the glass and smearing her scent on the glass. And she says to him, that's for you no one else <laughs> and it is so frigging <laughs> hot she's all i don't care who sees uh let them look let them all fucking look i don't care and she's in a much better mood when she heads back into dinner of course she is yeah who wouldn't be
0: it was very kind of odd in this like public yeah. masturbation yeah. scene mm-hmm. but it was also very hot and sweet at the same time <laughs>
1: goes into dinner and they're all four sitting there and millie's got a look on her face like she's some bored housewife and so mina can't read her are they going to betray me did they betray me what's going to happen to us she's like freaking terrified so the food starts coming out and she's watching millie and her husband intently
0: millie and lord varin have the most poker face (laughs) of poker faces to ever exist yes and it sends mina into an instant terror and panic right lord varin starts asking lord sir about his fighters and he's like okay so you showed us your fighters that you had but did you show us all your fighters? Are you sure that there wasn't anybody you were hiding from us?
1: hmm Yeah. And
0: he says, I- I've heard a rumor that you have quite the stable, stable being a troop of gladiators. Right. Because I- I've heard a rumor that uh, you probably have this one fighter that you acquired, Croulton the Ruiner, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And so Mina is internally panicking, which is then making me panic. So then right. I am having a high stress blood pressure situation while right. I'm
1: reading this oh and blacking out. Yeah. You're, you're breathing into a bag <laughs> <Yeah>. not hyperventilate.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my God, what's going to happen?
0: I'm trying to read through the spots that are dotting my vision in yeah. my panic state. <laughs> right,
1: yes, me too. <laughs> I'm like, did I take my blood pressure medicine tonight? I don't know. I need to verify I did before I keep reading.
0: Yeah, so Lord Sir is like, oh, uh, you seem a little interested in my uh, gladiators. Why why are you asking me so many questions right now? So Lord Varin very calmly is like, "Um, because I know he's an illegal clone and I would hate to see you ruin your reputation and your fortune over such a thing. And at this point... I think Nina blacked out at the table. I blacked out on my couch when I was reading. (laughs) And I had to be resuscitated. I was like, oh, good Lord. He's just come out and said this. So Lord Sir very quickly says, uh, that's a rumor and that's wrong. And it's no illegal clone. I have the real thing. I definitely don't have an illegal clone.
1: He says that he wants the Krolden. He's recently had gotten a batch of illegal duplicate humans and gladiators dumped into his lap and he also got a krulden as well. Mina at this point cannot breathe. She's like, is there another krulden?" His family lost a ship called the buoyant star and we put a bounty on, on out on it. And it was never located until a month ago when it was returned to him. We found out that pirates had been using the ship and filled it the whole With slaves, clone slaves, gladiators, one being the Krulden that he has, which is a clone. He says, I'm willing to bet that yours is a clone too. And he says, I'm going to offer rehab to the poor unfortunate creature and set them to work out on the fields back on his planet. Where I also have a human refugee. If you try to put him in the championships, they're going to check his clone markers in his genetic makeup. And it's gonna show that he is a clone and not the real thing.
0: This part was another reason I thought that Lord Varin, Ed Millie maybe have their own book in the Ruby Dixon world because he talks mm-hmm. about his the ship that was turned into a pirate ship. Yeah. And doesn't doesn't she have some books with like alien? Oh pirates? yeah. Yes, she does. Yeah, so that was what really clued me in again that maybe these characters were from another book of hers, which of course I'm going to have to research and try to read.
1: Yeah. So Lord sir is absolutely livid at this time. Lord Varin says, I'm aware this is going to be a problem for you. And I'm prepared to give you a large sum of credit for this program. And I'm going to tell everybody that you are contributing to the program. So I'm really helping you. Because I'm gonna let everyone know that you're interested in this, and what a great guy you are.
0: He tries to convince him by saying they could do some PR spin mm-hmm. on this, but then also help him financially.
1: Yes, and then he says to Lord Sir, and before we leave, I have to ask you. My wife really likes your human, and we would like to add another to our household. So are you interested in selling her? And he's like no absolutely not you've already are screwed me out of this and no you can't have her
0: lord sir is very much like you have insulted me enough it's completely out of the question. she was a gift from this lady i would never insult her house by giving her precious gift away so lord varin touches his wife's sleeve and he says some other time my heart yeah millie just pouts and she goes very well Yes. And it's just heartbreaking. But then at the same time, Mina is... So she's she says, I'm dying inside. But the feeling passes swiftly. It's all right, even if I can't get free. I don't mind as much if Curlden is safe and happy. I love him, and I want him to have a good life, even if it can't be with me. As long as he's alive and well, that's all that matters. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. It was horrible. And then it just gets... I mean, it's a good kind of horrible, but it just gets worse from there.
1: Yeah. So Mina is not allowed to go back to his cell that night and he's not able to sleep going crazy wondering what are they doing to her? What are they doing? And the scientist walks into this dick. The scientist walks in front of the, the glass of Crolden's cell and says, goodbye, Crolden. We could have been great together. And Crollden's like, what's he talking about? And all of a sudden the scent of gas hits him and he realizes what's going on. He's like, what are you doing? He grabs the blanket off the bed and uh, ripping strips off of it and covering his mouth and he just keeps yelling where's Mina oh, it was oh, so oh no and he's like be calm enjoy your new life and he's growling Mina where's Mina and he's trying to fight against and break the glass and he yells out Mina bring her back you promise and it was so heartbreaking <sighs> because it's like these people promise but their promises are lies.
0: Yeah he's really panicking and it's horrible.
1: Yeah, and he ends up blacking out. She's screaming, "Let let me in! Let me go! Let me go to him!" My cuffs not working. Nita runs into a cell and collapses on the floor next to him, and she ends up bringing him to. She says, "You're awake! Great news! You're getting pulled from the tournament. Uh, Lord Varin is going to take you to a planet that's nice and quiet and remote, and no one will harass you or hurt you ever again. You get to live." And he's saying, well, "Where are we going to go?" And he's following her outside. Well, when are we going? And she says, right now, get, come on, get up. I'm going to help you. And he's like, a ship? Oh, yeah, we're going to get to escape. And she helps him from the cell block towards the ship.
0: Oh, this whole scene. Oh, I know. The whole thing. So he's still, like, trying to recover from the gas Mm -hmm. and then antidote so he's kind of out of it but he's just being led by mina to this ship and he goes is this good Uh and she goes very good uh it goes she pulls away coming out from under my arm and moves to stand in front of me these people are your friends all right no matter what happens from here on out they're here to help you remember that you'll remember won't you and he says if you trust them i trust them and then mina looks as if she wants to say more and then gives me a tight smile good luck. It seems an odd thing to say and even odder when she turns to walk away he, he starts freaking out he's like what, so why are- yeah he's like "Why? where are, where you, are, going? are, where you, are you going where are you going
1: and he's trying to grab her flimsy see-through gown yeah.
0: he's, he's like so- i don't understand and she just looks at him and she says i can't go lord sir won't release me you have to leave with them though and of course he's like no right I'm. I'm not doing that. He's and he's thinking. Is she joking? I, I never even wanted to leave. What would I escape to? It's like all I. All I ever wanted was her. Yeah, and she's like,
1: let go of me. Don't be difficult.
0: Millie tries to help Mina convince Crollden to get on the ship. Mm-hmm. So she's like, come on, come with us, Crollden. I promise we'll explain everything to you when we get to my home planet. He's still refusing. So then uh, Mina kind of changes tactics, and Ugh. she takes her hand and like shoves him and starts like pushing him onto the ship and she starts yelling at him like you're an idiot you're going to give up your chance at freedom and he's just like yes and she's like because of me and she starts laughing she laughs the sound hard and bitter why because you care for me because you love me yeah news flash curled in i was just using you to get out of my situation now that you can't help me any longer i don't need to bother so quit being such a fucking baby and get on the damn ship.
1: Oh, it's horrible. Oh, the whole thing. He's devastated. My... He's like, you don't mean that. And she's like, yes, I absolutely mean it. You may have feelings for me, but I don't love you. Kruldin. You're just a monster because that was his biggest thing is he kept saying he's a monster and she's really worked hard to convince him. He was not a monster. And worthy of being loved and she finally says no one loves the monster now get on the fucking ship and quit making a scene i've got to get back to work and she turns and storms off
0: it was terrible so he gets on the ship and the ship takes off going to this planet that was lord varin and millie's Mm -hmm. that is lord varin and millie's home planet i really liked this part because crulton is really defeated and he's upset about everything that happened with mina Mm mm-hmm And it's actually Millie that explains to him, this was the only option we had. We tried to rescue both of you. It wasn't working. We just took what we could and we will go back for Mina at a different time. Millie goes
1: in to talk to him, to explain to him that she did love you. You really think she didn't. Her whole, all she did was talk about you. She never once asked us to help herself, we're going to try to get her, but all we could do right now was get you and save you.
0: They get on the home planet, which is Rizda 3? Yes. Crilton doesn't know what to do with himself. He's never had freedom before. Right. He finally realizes that he can walk outside and nobody's going to stop him. He has all this newfound freedom, but what can he do with it? He's by himself. It's very kind of odd.
1: Yeah, and Emily Millie explained to him on the ship that... They're going to educate him. They're going to give him a plot of land. He's going to read him right. And he's going to be given a new identity so that people won't know him as Cruelden.
0: Because when he walks down the street, people look at him and they see Cruelden, the ruiner. He really starts to dislike how he looks and he wants his outside to match how he feels on the inside. Yes, So he gets a haircut, he has his tusks removed. He starts to look for a job. This part was kind of cute. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he gets a job working as a veterinary assistant because he likes being able to help bring life into the world, whereas before all he did was take life.
1: He won't pick his plot of land because he wants to wait for Mina. He doesn't care about any of that, but he's going to try to make himself better so that when Mina does arrive, they will be able to move forward with their life but all he thinks about he's marking uh, so sad he makes marks on the wall for every day that mina is not with him it is sad he's kind
0: of reluctantly trying to live his life but he can't enjoy it because he is constantly thinking about mina and how she is stuck on that planet so two months end up passing before they can go back to lord sirs to rescue mina curledin Lord Varin and Millie go back to Lord Sir's to rescue Mina. And this part was kind of fun, but do you want to go over it? Or do you want me to go over it?
1: Well, he can't smell Mina. He's always been able to catch her scent. And I guess Lord Sir collects these specific kind of vases. And Mina had mentioned them in the beginning of the book. They're very valuable He has a huge collection. She was always afraid to clean them because she was afraid to break one. Millie and her husband decide they're going to bring some of these to the Lord. And so they get off the, the ship and as they're walking, he realizes he can't smell her anywhere. Sir is such a fucking dick that when he got the letter saying that they were going to be taking her, his human away from him, he's so livid he smiles and says i i've given her to the gladiators and they've been hunting her through the woods for two days now and i almost died
0: (laughs) it was terrible and just when you think that they're gonna have this quick sweet reunion it's like, no, we're not going to do that here. We're going to have yet another high anxiety situation. I told the gladiators, whoever caught her first could do whatever they wanted with her. Ugh. And it's just disgusting. So, of course, Crowden freaks out. Freaks and goes out. To for
1: out. He just takes off, starting to track her by scent.
0: Yes. And then we switch to Mina's point of view. Oh. And she is exhausted. She's been doing it for two days. She can't eat. She can't sleep. She can't even lean up against a tree because she's afraid right. of getting her scent on the tree. Yes. She's just at her wit's end. And right when somebody finds her finally is when Crolden comes in and saves the day and rescues her. And it was so good.
1: She can't believe he's there. She tells him, I didn't mean any of it. I love you so much. And are you really here? Why are you here? Are you okay? It's just the most heartwarming reunion ever.
0: He just scoops her up. And the next thing we know, they're on the ship going back to their new home. And it was so good. I'm like, oh, finally, we get a little less anxiety. Yes.
1: I just love this book. I love it. She wakes up wanting to have sex and it's going to be glorious. She thinks we're going to have sex and it's going to be glorious. And he's like, no, you need, you need to rest. and You need to work your strength up. And she just flings her leg over his hips and straddles him. And she says, look, I'm in control now. And we're going to have sex. And he's like, oh, you're such a bossy creature. And she says to him, you'd love it. (laughs) <laughs> it was so sweet and she's all i'm gonna ride you and if you don't like it let me know and he's like groaning and he's like not like it you're destroying me with your body and i, <laughs> I just love yeah. that
0: yeah it was good yeah they have a really sweet hot sex scene oh right at the end of the book i was thinking this is like not the Mile High Club, but the Trillion Mile <laughs> High Club.
1: <laughs> yes, and she says she's screaming his name and screaming so loud that people out there probably think that they're he's killing her, except she's saying his name and saying harder and fuck yes, come all over me. <laughs> <laughs> so people figure, oh, they must be fine.
0: It's really good. And so then they end up spending who knows days weeks on the spaceship returning to the planet mm-hmm. and then they arrive at the new planet
1: yeah and she they come walking out of the room finally and she's got bedhead and the room reeks of sacks and they don't care and millie and her husband just kind of smile at them and you know because they know what's been going on and everybody knows and they, he tells her they're exiting the ship and he wants her to close her eyes because he, he wants their new place to be a surprise.
0: He's so excited to show her where yeah, he's been for two months Yeah, and he wants to share it with her. It's so cute. You guys, it's so
1: <laughs> effing sweet. Yep. Yes. And she opens her eyes and sees their new home and absolutely loves it. And she can see their future together on this planet
0: oh happy uh, sigh happy, happy human
1: sigh yes we can put the paper bag that we've been hyperventilating in down now
0: oh my gosh i know it was a bumpy ride but it was so worth it the ending was so sweet yeah so
1: shall we talk about our thoughts on this book if it's not apparent already oh plot twist i hated it no of course <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
0: Uh, we've been fangirling for I had to stop recording we had to stop recording in the middle I was so flummoxed and so busy fangirling and going through this that I had to decompress so that I could get my shit together to continue recording yeah I'm the same one that we could start over I ended up eating a cinnamon roll and watching a like
1: murder mystery true crime documentary (laughs) to try to. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. I, I was, I love her so much. Ruby Dixon is one of, if not my favorite author right now, because her ability to suck you in and love her, her characters. And I'm just blown away by her imagination and how she comes up with these planets and these, characters and I was terrified to do this podcast because I, I could tell at the beginning I was like I, I felt like a stiff robot and I'm like I'm gonna fall on my face and I'm not gonna I do not want to do anything to damage the uh the thought of how great Ruby Dixon is and she's just one of my favorites and I absolutely love this book. It was a little more intense than I'm used to from her books, but I loved it. And I never thought that I'd be able to dream about having sex with a guy that had tusks, but sure. It's safe to say that this was
0: a high anxiety read and yeah. a high anxiety podcast recording session. Yeah. Because we want to do justice to her and her characters. Right. Because no matter what book you read from her, the characters are so phenomenal. You cannot go wrong. Yeah, and I
1: I really felt like I'm not worthy to review this book. I'm not professional enough. I'm not professional, period. But, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not a podcast professional enough or have enough experience to do this book justice.
0: If we ever get over the trauma of recording this episode, we might do more books by her in the future. But if we don't, just know... She's so fantastic and we are so unworthy yeah. to even breathe the same air as her. Yes. That is why you never hear of her again. So if this
1: <laughs> is our one and only. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will tell you right now that I would give this book five wet panties. Same. <gasps> Look at us. <laughs> yeah. There's not many that I have ever given that to. And I would definitely give this book five yeah it was really good
0: so she has a book after this called worse guy oh, god which i will definitely read but we will not be doing an episode about it i'm sure because yeah. like i said we're not going to recover from this yeah. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the book worst the book worse guy is about the clone that uh, Lord Varin and Millie own. Oh, see on that plan on Rista three.
1: I didn't even know that. I was so. I needed like what are those the, the paddles? They I need somebody to paddle me back to life. I was so freaked out from this book <laughs> that I couldn't. I could not even look at what the next book was about.
0: Yeah, I had actually heard about Worst Guy before I heard about Bad Guy. Oh, because Worst Guy came out recently. Yeah, I'm, I'll am i definitely
1: read that at some point. And I'm sure I'll read all of her books. Who am I kidding? Right. I need a spreadsheet because there's so many different genres and planets. And I, I don't know how she even does this. She must. This woman must never sleep to be able to write like this.
0: I don't know how she does it either. Her worlds are so interconnected that something that'll happen on book number five of the Ice Planet Barbarians series will come up 17 books later. I don't know how she does it either. Are we ready to announce the next book that we're going to be doing? Sure, go right ahead. The next book we're going to talk about is The Vampire King by Juliet Banks. Yes. Which I'm excited about. It's a vampire billionaire romance.
1: Yeah, and I love me some vampires. That's for sure. In fact, I, I (laughs) I want to go to New Orleans with, rachel and i asked her if she would go on the vampire tour with me and she said no absolutely not so i'm not going with rachel i'm going to go with my girlfriend pat instead who will definitely go with me <laughs> okay way to throw me under the bus under the
0: <laughs> way to throw me under the vampire stake. yeah there you go
1: <laughs> exactly all right well that concludes our book we would both highly highly recommend this book
0: yeah and um look forward to reading the next book that we're going to talk about and if anybody wants to follow us what we're doing what we're reading books that we have planned they can follow us on instagram at bonded books podcast or if you have a book suggestion questions or comments or just want to reach out you can email us bondedbooks at podcast at gmail.com <laughs>